right, we are in the first Sunday of a new series called Living in the Light, and uh, that, that's just a title we put with this, but this is going to be a sermon series on the letter to the Ephesians. Now, we're going to be in chapter one today, uh, but don't think that we're going to make this so simple as to go in order or do a chapter per week, although we will be doing this for six weeks. There are six chapters to Ephesians, but don't think that we're going to do anything logical like that. That just would be out of the question. But we are, we are doing the series called Living in the Light, and the title comes from chapter 5, verse 8. It says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, so you live your life as children of light. And so that's kind of framing the idea, and, and throughout Ephesians there are allusions to light. And so there, there's this idea of light there. And so living in the light is a direction that we're kind of casting over this whole study. But it, it's going to be six weeks looking at some of the best passages in Ephesians. So I encourage you to be here each week. You may want to, as you're going along, read Ephesians. Uh, it's not a very long book, only six chapters. And it's found in the New Testament, and uh, it's, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, there are some parts of it that are a little heavy. Today's is a little heavy and so we're, we're going to try to go through these and try to break them down as a congregation to kind of get to the heart of what's going on there. Now, Ephesians is a letter, and I, I was thinking the other day, um, I don't get a lot of letters anymore. Um, usually the letters I get are, Dear Gary, Gary's my first name. If, if they're addressing Gary, I know it's a problem. Um, Dear Gary, you are late on payment. You are... Uh, you owe us such and such. It's usually some sort of bad news, but letters historically have, have been for all sorts of reasons, and although we don't get them much anymore, um, they, they do have importance and they do have significance in people's lives. And so I was trying to remember what the function of letters is, are, were, uh, trying to remember what it, what it is that letters are supposed to do and I started trying to think through, all right, what's a letter that I've received any time recently that had any sort of impact on me? And I, I immediately thought of this letter, <clears throat> this handwritten letter. You don't see those much anymore. But this is a handwritten letter. Uh, I don't keep a lot of things. I typically leave things on my desk for about 30 days, and then I just throw them away. Um, but some things I keep in a file called keepsakes. And this is the first thing you will see when you open my file cabinet and see the folder that says keepsakes. I ask that you not open my file cabinet. But in the, if you were to do that, you would find this on the very top. Now, this is a very special letter to me, and I think it ties in perfectly with what we're talking about with Ephesians. This is a letter dated March 11th of this year. It's almost exactly six months ago. Um, and it is signed Ned. Now, Ned is Ned Steele, who was a retired pastor affiliated with our congregation who passed away over the summer. I found this letter. I, I read it when I first got it. Um, but I found it again and reread it. As I was cleaning some stuff off my desk, it had been a little more than 30 days that time, and uh, just, just melted down and cried. I, I found it about a week after he passed away. And uh, I'm not going to read you the whole letter. Uh, I'm just going to say that 
I will always hold on to this. I will always keep this in my file because of the, the relationship that I had with Ned, because he, he was very encouraging to me as I was starting out in ministry. I remember specifically the first time I ever preached in our traditional services. Uh, he was the lay worship leader. That's what they call it over in the sanctuary, which is pretty much kind of what Smokey did today as he led us in prayer. The lay worship leader, they do a couple of other things. They read a couple of prayers and um, read the scripture for the morning. But he was the lay worship leader, and it was my very first time preaching in the sanctuary. I had just started seminary, and most of the people in there didn't know me, but Ned knew me, and so Ned was really excited, and he got just overcome with emotion as he got up to share before, I, I believe it was the scripture reading, and, and he said, I, I want you all to know something. This is Anthony McPhail's first time preaching in the sanctuary. And the Lord has big plans for him. And he, he just went on and on and on, just pouring off all this encouraging. And I'm just sitting there, you know, just like shrinking in my chair. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I haven't preached in this service before, and he's setting the stage for me to be Billy Graham. This could go bad. But he just kept building me up and building me up and building me up. And, and he threw in some things like, you know, the future of Methodism is safe in his hands. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And so I go, I go to the back, and, and you're in the back. And um, you folks over here, y'all are a little more honest than uh, some of the people in the traditional service. People in worship services, they're professional liars, and they tell you the sermon was good even when it's not. And so um, I had, you know, all these sweet old ladies who didn't really know me that well coming up, and, and one of them was just so dear, and she comes up and she takes my hands and says, I know the denomination is safe in your hands. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just horrified by this thought. But, but that was Ned. Ned was just a cheerleader. He was an encourager. He was someone who desired to build you up. And so I keep this letter because it is just chock full of information about, Anthony, you are going to do great things. And there are some days I need to reach in that drawer and read what he said to remind myself that God does have plans for me and God does have purposes for me. And I think that that's one of the things we struggle with when it comes to receiving letters, when it comes to receiving encouragement, is sometimes we have a hard time hearing what is said. Now, Ephesians begins right away with a blessing. And that's what we're going to look at today is the blessing that is found in Ephesians chapter 1. Now, blessings were something that were very common in Jewish writing. Um, a thanksgiving is something that was a little more common in kind of New Testament Greek writing. But uh, Paul does both actually in chapter 1. Of Ephesians. Usually he only does a thanksgiving. If you're wondering what the difference between a blessing and a thanksgiving is, one talks about blessing and the other one talks about thanksgiving. Uh, and that's pretty much the breakdown. But you can read through Ephesians chapter 1 and see both to see them both in action. But the blessing is all about the blessings that come from God. And it's all about the blessings that we receive. And, and here, here's what I think is where this is going to be challenging for us today. It's just like me in this letter, sometimes we have a hard time hearing the encouragement that God has for us. And that's what Paul is trying to write to the Ephesians, is he's trying to write encouragement to them. He's trying to tell them that, that you are God's chosen people, you are God's 
redeemed people. And sometimes it's hard to hear that because we, our ears get clogged and we get consumed with the other things going on in our lives and we don't realize that God has truth for us and God has life for us. Now, there are a few things we're going to go over just to kind of cast over Ephesians. And some of these are important for today and some will be important for a little bit later on. But um, one of the first things to know about Ephesians, uh, it is a letter, we said that already, but it talks about a bunch of different contrasting realities. It deals with contrast. Uh, one of them, obviously, with the theme, living in the light, there's the distinction between darkness and light. You were once darkness, now you are light. But next week, we're going to talk about a passage that says, you were once dead, now you are alive. And it's just kind of going back and forth between these things. And it also talks about divisions. It talks about how previously the Gentile people, those that were not Jewish by descent, weren't part of the kingdom. And so, but through Christ, that's no longer the case. And so it talks about the divisions being removed. You're no longer divided. You are now united in Christ. Another thing about Ephesians, this is what we call a circular letter. Now, what I mean by that is it was addressed to the saints in Ephesus. We're going to talk about that in a little bit in a second. But it's addressed to the Ephesians, but um, a lot of the early manuscripts actually leave that part off. Don't say to the Ephesians. And the, the kind of assumption in the scholarly world is that it was passed around from church to church, which was a very common thing to happen back then. You know, so-and-so church, share with this church the letter you received so you can receive the information in that as well. And so Ephesians was more than likely written to the church in Ephesus, but it was circulated and passed around as something that was beneficial to all people who were Christians, to all the churches around the New Testament world. Now, the cool thing about that is um, it's also been circulated to us. And so it's been circulated to us so that we can receive those words as words from God for us as well. Now, the way that they were addressed, I think, is really important. Um, the way that you're addressed in letters or just in general, it, I think, is really important. If someone greets you and says, hey, you jerk, how are you doing today? Um, you're probably going to receive whatever they say next differently than if they greet you and say, hello, my love. So um, hopefully you don't use that, those same two terms for the same person. That would be awkward. Um, but the way that you are addressed is important. Now, email addresses are kind of like this. I've, I've got a few to sh show up there. Mine uh, is the typical boring formula. Uh, Anthony McPhail at gmail.com. Uh, my church one is a McPhail at Martha Bowman. Org. But uh, the way that you are addressed says a lot about how you are perceived. I have a friend, um, and his name is James Booth, and when he was growing up, he was always in classes with other people named James, because James is a pretty common name. And so whenever they would call and say, okay, we're going to call you James B and you James T, and you, he, he just just call me Booth, just call me Booth. And so his email address is, I'm not going to tell you because I didn't ask for his permission, well, I don't think any of y'all would ever send him an email, but um, just in case you would, but it's just call me booth at suchandsuch.com. Now, uh, you might have things that describe you a little too much, shopaholic29 at aol.com. Don't know if that one actually exists, but you're, you're, it might be a description of you. And this is the way that Paul addresses them. If he were addressing them today, I think this is the email address he would send it to 
thesaintsatephesus.org. Thesaintsatephesus.org. None of y'all laugh, so I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, Tim came up with that. So uh, he, he's like, I think this is going to be really funny, so I'm going to tell him it bombed. That was awesome. Um, so, okay, so, but saints, that's an important distinction because um, saints, we think of saints and we think, what, what do you think of when you hear the word saints? New Orleans. So, somebody said New Orleans and then somebody said, No! All right, what, what else do you think of when you think of saints? Chosen, people in heaven, Catholics, popes, stuff like that. All right, now, saints is a, is a word that we, we've kind of associated with different things, but what saints really means, if you go back to it, um, somebody over here said chosen. Um, some versions of this say the dearly chosen people in Ephesus. But it basically means that not based on your position in life, but, but based on who you belong to, you are the saints. You belong to God. And so that, that's an important thing to understand going into it. Now, after he says the saints in Ephesus, he goes into this really long sentence. The whole blessing is one really long sentence. And so what I want to do is I want to try to read it together, and I, we're going to test our guys in the back to see how well they do with this. But we're going to try to read straight through without taking a breath, just the way it would have been read in the original Greek. We break it down in uh, English, but this is actually all one big sentence. Are y'all ready? Y'all aren't ready. This will be great. All right, so here we go. All together now. Bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that comes from heaven. God chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless in God's presence before the creation of the world. God destined us to be his adopted children through Jesus Christ because of his love. This was according to his good will and plan and to honor his glorious grace that he has given to us freely through the son whom he loves. We have been ransomed through his son's blood and we have forgiveness for our failures based on his overflowing grace which he poured over us with wisdom and understanding. God revealed his hidden design to us, which is according to his good will and the plan that he intended to accomplish through his son. This is what God planned for the climax of all times, to bring all things together in Christ, the things in heaven along with the things on earth. We have also received an inheritance in Christ. We were destined by the plan of God who accomplishes everything according to his design. We are called to be an honor to God's glory because we were the first to hope in Christ. You too heard the word of truth in Christ, which is the good news of your salvation. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit because you believed in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance, which is applied toward our redemption at God's own people, resulting in the honor of God's glory. <sighs> All right, so Paul says to the saints in Ephesus, and then he says that. And it's just chock full, and you're just exhausted at the end of it. So we're, we're going to take it this morning, and we're going to break it down and see what it says for us. Now, verse 3 says it this way. Verse 3, the very first verse we read, Bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that comes from heaven. So this is a blessing. So Paul is saying, here's the blessing from Christ, and then everything that follows is going to be part of that blessing. So he's saying, here's the header, 
every spiritual blessing, and then everything that follows that is going to be information about what those blessings look like, what those spiritual blessings actually are. So here are the blessings. I've broken them down into four categories, and we're going to kind of go through these pretty quickly. But the first one is we have been chosen. Verses 4 through 6 say this, God chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless in God's presence before the creation of the world. God destined us to be his adopted children through Jesus Christ because of his love. This was according to his goodwill and plan and to honor his glorious grace that he has given to us freely through the son whom he loves. Now, um, we were talking this past week, and if this story bombs, this is a Tim story too, but he was, we were talking about this idea of being chosen and how sometimes we struggle with that because people might think we're talking about God determining who's going to be saved, God choosing some people and not choosing others. And uh, there, there's a beautiful story about the Stephan family that I think really captures the idea uh, of what it means to be God's chosen people. Um, a few years ago, the Stephans were... Um, they had a dog that had um, house issues. And the, the dog had house issues, and it, it wasn't a good situation. And as Tim describes it, mom and the dog didn't see eye to eye on things. And so uh, that, that dog didn't work out. And so it, they were waiting for the right time to ask her, hey, can we get another dog? Well, Jordan, their son, who, who's in our youth program now, he kept saying, can, you, can we get another dog? Can we get another dog? Can we get another dog? And, and, and finally, uh, she saw this ad in the newspaper, and it said, best dogs ever. And so she's, she's hooked. If this is the best, best dogs, we, we got to go get one. And it was a, a litter of puppies that they were going to go look at. And so she, she says to Tim and to Jordan, all right, we're just going to go look at these puppies. And so all the way there, uh, Tim's kind of getting Jordan ready for the letdown. We're, we're just going to look. We're just going to look. And he just keeps prepping him. We're just going to look. We're just going to look. And they get there, and they're, they're just these great puppies. I mean, just awesome puppies, and they're so excited. And, and of course, you know which one of the family is the one going, oh, it, it's Delia, mom. And, and so... She, she looks, and, and, you know, Tim the whole time is going, we're just here to look, we're just here to look, we're just here to look. And, and, and Delia just looks up at Jordan with her checkbook in hand and says, which one do you want? And Jordan, um, I, I hope Jordan's not in here, he'll be embarrassed to know me talking about this. Uh, Jordan says, I want them all. And uh, he says, I want them all, but I guess we'll take that one. And so they ended up getting this dog that they still have named Max who um, is a great dog. Uh, I've met Max. Max is a good dog. Uh, Max is actually blind now, which is kind of sad, but uh, they've loved Max and, and gotten a lot of really good insights into uh, life through Max. But I think that that's the idea of being chosen by God. And, and, and what Tim was saying, and I, I agree with him, is that when God looks at us, he says, I, I want all of them. I want all of them. And, and we have been adopted. You hear that word adopted, and, and so many in our congregation went with Smokey and Lydia through the journey of their adoption and just know the, the, the blessing 
that that is to, to be chosen and, and to really be, belong to God as someone who is chosen by God. And so that, that's the first blessing that we see here is that we have been chosen. We have been chosen by God. Now the second one um, is we have been ransomed. Verse 7 says, We have been ransomed through his son's blood, and we have forgiveness for our failures based on his overflowing grace. Verse 8, which he poured over us with wisdom and understanding. And so this is uh, just, not only have we been chosen, but the price has been paid for us. When the Sethans went and got the dog, they wrote a check, and that dog belonged to them. That price has been paid for us through the offering of Christ. Now, the third blessing is that the design has been revealed to us. Verse 9 says, God revealed his hidden design to us, which is according to his goodwill and the plan that he attended to accomplish through his son. Verse 10, this is what God planned for the climax of all times, to bring all things together in Christ, the things in heaven, along with the things of earth. So we're in on the secret. We're in on the plan. It's been revealed to us. And the fourth blessing is we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Verse 11 and then the beginning of, or at the end of 13 and through 14 says, We have also received an inheritance in Christ. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit because you believed in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the down payment on our inheritance, which is applied towards our redemption as God's own people, resulting in the honor of God's glory. And, and those are our promises. These are the blessings that Paul says have been given to us through Christ. Every spiritual blessing has been given through Christ. You have been chosen. You have been redeemed. You've been ransomed. You have revelation. You are in on the secret. You know the plans of God. And you have an inheritance. You have something to hold on to that, that shows that you belong, that shows that you're a part of the family. Now, I think that the center of this text where it all comes together, is found there in verse 10. When you look at Scripture, sometimes you you have to kind of say, all right, what is this all kind of hinging on? What's it revolving around? And this is what I believe that this text is revolving around. It's this idea of being under Christ. Verse 10 says, This is what God planned for the climax of all times, to bring all things together in Christ, the things in heaven, along with the things on earth. Now, uh, some versions say bring all things together under Christ. But the idea of this passage is that God has brought all things together for his sake, for his glory, and it's all been brought together under Christ. Now, you're probably not sitting out there this morning wanting to know how the Jews and the Gentiles got reconciled. That probably doesn't apply to your lives too much. But here's where I think this hits home for us. I think that the things that we struggle with in our lives, when we have trouble hearing the blessings from God, that we are chosen, that we are redeemed, that we have been led in on the secret, that we have an inheritance that shows that we're part of God's family, when we have a hard time hearing those blessings, when we forget those things and we have to pull the letter out and hear it all again, this is what I think is going on in our lives we're not living into the understanding that all things are under Christ. If we truly believed, if we truly took hold of that idea that God has brought together all things under Christ, 
that's when the things that we struggle with in our lives come, come together. And they don't get easy always. They don't get solved always. But I believe that that's where we have peace and that's where we can begin to hear those blessings and believe that we belong to God and that we are his chosen and loved and redeemed people. So part of the challenge of this morning is that it's really front-loaded with good news. And so part, part of the challenge for this morning is you're, you're not necessarily hearing anything that, you know, go and do likewise, um, but you're hearing that, that God is for you. You're hearing that God believes in you, that God has chosen you, that God has redeemed you, and that you belong to him and you're part of his family. Uh, and that's important because everything that follows in Ephesians needs to be under that understanding, needs to be under that umbrella of Christ. Because without that, we miss out on what God might be saying to us through it. But the, the challenge for this morning is that uh, we need to learn to hear the blessing that God has for us. We need to learn to hear that we are chosen. We need to learn to hear again that we are redeemed. Because sometimes we don't always act like we believe it. But when we, we hear those things, when we live those things, it starts to change the way that we live our lives. And it starts to change the way that we interact with people in our world, with people in, that we're in relationship with. There was a uh, story that came up in a, a class I'm doing as part of Martha Bowman U a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we're, we're doing Soul Detox with uh, Craig Rochelle. He's got the video portion of it, and then we spent a lot of time in discussion. And the very first week that we met, the message was on the language that we use. It was on how language can be toxic to our soul, the, the language that we hear from other people. Not necessarily, we're not necessarily talking about foul language or anything, but just negative words from people, how those affect us. But then the, the flip side of that is how positive words can shape our lives and, and move us forward. And he told this story that, that's an absolutely beautiful story of something that happened to him when he was a young associate pastor first starting out in the ministry. And he was meeting with a guy, and as he was meeting with this guy, he, he started to realize that this guy w was probably considering taking his own life. And as he sat there with this guy, he, he said, uh, I just hear the way you're talking. Are, are you considering taking your life? And, and the guy said, yes, I am. I just have nothing to live for. And so he, Craig Rochelle said, I did something that I had never done before and I've never done since. But I said, okay, here's a pen and paper. We're going to write down 100 things about you that are positive. I want you to come up with 100 things about you that are positive. And the guy said, I, I can't even come up with one. There's nothing good about me. And he, he's like, we're, we're not going anywhere until you tell me 100 things. You know, just give me one. Start with one. And the guy said, okay, I'm a good writer. Wrote that down. He said, okay, number two, I'm funny. And then write that down. And then the third thing was, uh, people tell me I look like Robert Redford. And then Craig Rochelle laughed because he looked nothing like Robert Redford. And so for number three, he wrote down, yes, you are really funny. And as, <laughs> as they sat there, 
he kind of got on a roll. And he started cycling all these words off. And he just started spitting them out. And they, they start writing them all down and writing them all down. And as they got done with that session, Craig Rochelle handed him the sheet of paper. And he walked out. And they lost touch over the years. But then a few years later, Craig Rochelle had started his own church. And this guy shows up at his church with his wife and his kids and uh, says, uh, do you remember me? And, and Rochelle said, yeah, I remember you. You're that guy from back then. And, uh, and he pulled out the sheet of paper out of his pocket. And he said, I don't need these anymore. They're written on my heart. And uh, he had lived a happy life and, and had lived into the truth of who he was. And, I, and for us, I think that sometimes we forget who we are. We forget that we are chosen by God. We forget that we have been redeemed by God. And we forget that we are part of God's family. And, and sometimes we just need to write it down. Sometimes we need to pull out that letter again and read it and say, this is who you are. Sometimes we need to open God's word and read it once again and hear that truth that we are chosen, that we are redeemed, and we belong to God. And so this morning, I invite you, uh, as we sing our last song, just to reflect on who you are in Christ. Um, that might be a hard message for you to hear. Your ears might be clogged. But I believe that God wants to speak to us as we go through this series um, and just really move in our lives and show that we are chosen, that we are redeemed, and we are loved by God. Let's pray. Lord, uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that, that we, the saints of Martha Bowman, are chosen by you, we have been redeemed by you, and we are a part of your family. Lord, I pray that as, as we go out from here, as we sing this closing song, that you would speak to each one of us, that you would move in our hearts and, and, and show us who we are in you, that our identity would be rooted in you, that we would live our lives under you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.